What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, my A1 since day one, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show wherever you're listening to us. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll recap the NBA trade deadline, and it's time to welcome Andre Drummond to Los Angeles during the Lake Show lowdown. We'll also discuss the shakeup at the top of the NFL draft that occurred this week and the regular season getting expanded to 17 games during the NFL two-minute drill. All this and more on episode 188 of the TSK Show coming up right now. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, I'm married to this gang, that's who I made my wife. Said I'd die alone, I told that bitch she probably right. One thing that's for sure, not a stranger to this life Got a safe that's full of Franklin's and a shoulder full of stripes I don't know a nigga like myself I say self-made, meaning I design myself County jail fades, you can pull my foul yourself Spy rage, swallow rocks, I'm getting high myself nah. and Damn right, I like the life I built I'm from West Side 60, shit, I might got killed Standing so tall, they think I might got stills Legendary baller like Mike, like Will 96 Impala, thug life on wheels up against the wall, squabble at Fox Hills Like a motherfucking boss, ask me how I feel Successful street nigga touching them first meals All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got to roll the dice That's why, all my life, I been grinding all my life All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got to roll the dice That's why, all my life, I been grinding all my life all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll a dice. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 188 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me, as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachelki. What's up, TP? How you living, man? I'm doing good, man. I can't believe it's been two years already. I know it's uh it's crazy today uh March 31st 2021 uh marks the second uh anniversary I guess that or commemorates the second year since uh the untimely murder of Los Angeles' own Nipsey Hussle and um I don't know I that day is a day I'll always remember um I was house sitting for a friend of mine and I was at I was at his house and I remember just scrolling through Twitter and then I just started seeing the reports come in and I just couldn't believe it Nipsey was someone that I had been listening to since I was probably in about eighth ninth grade um a few of his songs were uh constant on my pump up playlist before basketball games um 
he he was a big part of my of my life uh during high school and that was that was the beginning of his career and i it's crazy to see how far he got uh only to have his life cut short and, and to see how far he could have gone it's it's crazy that it's been two years tyler uh, what do what do you remember about that day Oh, man. Yeah, like you said, I remember it so well. Um, I was working at a breakfast spot. I, you know, just got off work, was with the homies at a sushi place, like, across the street. And just, like, telling them, like, yo, what the fuck? Like, Nipsey got shot. And that was still, like, you know, at first the reports were he was shot. You know, you didn't find out he passed for a couple hours, I think. When I when I found um, out he got shot, I thought he was he was gonna make it. Like I I didn't think like I thought he maybe he'd have he yeah, shot yeah. the leg or like then, who knows, but I, I thought he was gonna make it. And then I just yeah exactly. Then it's just like when I saw the report, like nah, not an FC. He's not nah, no way. You know, it was it was very similar to to Kobe in the sense where yeah. like it just didn't seem real. It was you know how it happened, where it happened. It was all uh, so tragic, but yeah, I mean, I saw you that night. Yep. You know. Yep. I came uh, over to your apartment that night, and we just we sat there and just watched yep. Nipsey music videos on YouTube for hours. Yep. So yeah, man, long live neighborhood Nip, of course. Yes, sir. The marathon continues. Um, but yeah, I mean, you heard uh, obviously the intro music that was grinding all my life off of Victory Lap uh, by Nipsey Hussle. Arguably one of his biggest songs, commercially at least. Uh, but I mean, there are so many great Nipsey tracks we could have used, but that's just one that always stuck out to to me and Tyler. Um, so there's there's really no easy transition to this. Uh, but we haven't talked about March Madness at all, Tyler, and it's felt really weird. But I just haven't followed college basketball all that much this year. But UCLA is in the Final Four for the first time since Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook led them to the Final Four in 2008. The number 11 seed yep. Bruins, they're going to take on uh, Gonzaga, who is the number one seed overall in the tournament and in the midst of an undefeated season. Uh, UCLA went from first four play-in team. They they were a first four play-in team. Uh, and now they're in the Final Four. They had to beat Michigan and Michigan State. So, once again, L.A. owns the state of Michigan. First, we took Stafford from the Lions, and UCLA then beat the Spartans and the Wolverines en route to the Final Four. So, I, I now claim Michigan as my own. Um, and UCLA became the second team to go from first four to final four. And it's it's been quite the run for them, Tyler. Yeah, I think the initial one was the first year they did yeah. it, actually. Yeah, uh, if I remember. Which, I mean, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it, it's really impressive UCLA's run, obviously. And I, I think you know we talked about it a little bit, but I think you know coaching's got a big thing to do with this. This was like a seasoned coach. Um, yeah. No, Mick Cronin has done a hell of a job since coming to UCLA. He's really turned turned that program around. I mean, it was in the dumps for many years, 
after this uh, that 2008 Kevin Love Russell Westbrook team that went to the Final Four. Um, UCLA went through a lot of down years in between then and now. So uh, Mick Cronin has done a hell of a job, and I I was skeptical at first, Tyler, of the hire, and um, he he proved a lot of people like myself wrong, and I I honestly couldn't be happier because he's got this UCLA team roaring, and I mean they just got to keep it close against Gonzaga, and if if they do, they're going to give themselves a chance just like they did against Michigan. Yeah, he's a good coach, so you know it'd be a program like UCLA, you're gonna have a a nice baseline talent every year so he's always going to be able to get the most out of whatever he's got and i think that that's very similar to gonzaga um gonzaga is has been on kind of this magical run if you're from the state of washington or you're familiar with gonzaga uh you know they've been like on a 20-year run it's it's you know they started out as cinderella team they've they've since then kind of dropped that to uh, now they're getting McDonald's All-Americans. They're getting five-star recruits. Um, but one of the things you got with Gonzaga players is they're extremely well-coached. They actually coach up talent. I think players actually get better there. And they're deep, man. So, you know, obviously I think it's going to be a good game because we've got two good head coaches going at it. But I think Gonzaga's just got too much experience, poise, talent, you know. I think the talent's probably similar, but you know they've—I I just feel like their chemistry, that their their preparation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Gonzaga's looking like they're just going to run the table, and, and it's crazy to think that Gonzaga could be a team to do that. Just watching them from the beginning to know how small the school they are—it's—it's it's insane. Yeah, I mean, listen, Mark Few, I think his reputation was on the line in that Elite Eight matchup against USC, and if if they didn't really come out and dominate, I think a lot of eyeballs would have been on him and just been like, ah, you you couldn't get it done once again kind of thing. And No, no, no. Come on, man. I don't, don't know. Don't, don't be like that. I don't don't be like that. Hey, no, well, no, hey, no. He, I got to give, he, I gotta he, give he, credit. He, no, go, go. No, I mean Elite Eight loss. That's not. That's not gonna. That's not gonna lose your job. You no, know? I, I don't he, think he's gonna lose a national his job. Title. But he's, he's been to a national title game. You know, he's getting McDonald. This is he. He just got another five star recruit. The the highest Has rated he won recruit. The big one though. Uh, and he's been there. He's been you know? there. So he's they're working there. towards it. He's work. He's working towards it. He's on the right path. When hey, man, is they start? This is a. This is a small school we're talking about that's become like the Duke of the West. So I mean, when is are, when is Gonzaga going to join the big boys in the Pac-12? Just bring BYU along and we'll make it the Pac-14. No, I think no, I think you got to drop. I, man, it's tough. I guess you can't really drop anybody, but they are they are they would they would easily be a top half team in the Pac-12 year in and year out. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like worst case scenario. So well, come play with the big boys. Um, it is, it is, too, it is too bad that they haven't got that an opportunity. But I think that their track record in the tournament proves how how good of a program they got going on. Yeah. But I mean, listen, it's it's definitely going to be a fun matchup uh, against uh, well, with the Bruins going up against 
the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And listen, that's I think it's the uh, Saturday matchup, if I'm not mistaken, for the Final Four. Or are both games on Saturday? I can't remember. Uh, if they do, Saturday, I'm not sure. Saturday. I don't get it. Hold on, I'm looking at the schedule. Yes, both I'm not games. Confident to say either way. Both games are uh, on Saturday. We got Gonzaga and UCLA tipping off at 5:34 Pacific time, and then the early, earlier afternoon game uh, is Baylor and Houston at 2:14. So we got two Texas teams, two West Coast teams, and uh, they're duking it out for the national championship. So the March I think whoever wins that that West Coast game is gonna gonna take it home. You think so? I think so. I, I hope think so. I think one of those two teams. Uh, I think that's what it is. I think it comes down to these two. Yep. I don't think that I don't if if say if Gonzaga wins, you know I don't think either one of those two teams can beat Gonzaga. And if UCLA to win, I I think that they have the coaching advantage. And they're just. They're just the team of destiny. That it'd be dope. It'd be a weird. It'd be a weird title for an LA team to have as like an 11 seed winning a title. You know. Hey, but they'll just be adding one more to the city of champions. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's only been a few months. Well, since, that means we're due. UCLA won. UCLA won. No, it's been a long while since UCLA won uh, a national championship. So, or at least in basketball, they did just win uh, last week in water polo a national championship. So that was kind of cool. Hey, man, a, a, a natty is a natty. Yes, know? it is. Yes, it is. But all right, we we got a lot more to talk about. But before we talk about some NBA hoops, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. We told you last week on the TSK show that we would cover everything that happened at the trade deadline once the dust was settled. And man, Tyler, there was a lot of dust at the NBA trade deadline Hmm. last week. There was a record 16 trades on the day of the NBA trade deadline, two more than the previous record of 14 that happened back in 2019. So uh, we'll just go over the main uh, headliner trades, I guess, if you if you want to call them that. Um, we'll we'll combine the first three since they were all from one team, and the Orlando Magic they they went on a complete fire sale 
sending out Nikola Vucevic to the Chicago Bulls, Aaron Gordon to the Denver Nuggets, and Evan Fournier to the Boston Celtics. Uh, we'll go in chronological order, Tyler. First, uh, Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu were sent to the Chicago Bulls for Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks. Obviously, this is a huge upgrade for Chicago, uh, adding Nikola Vucevic, but I'm not quite certain what they now do with Lowry Markkinen. Um, Nikola Vucevic, I think, is probably the most underrated center in the league. Um, I think he gets a lot of comparisons to what Kevin Love was doing in Minnesota back in the day where he was just putting up crazy double doubles every night and just not amounting to any sort of wins in the win loss column. So, I mean, Vucevic, he's going to a team in Chicago that is in the playoff race for uh, the Eastern conference. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pulling up the standings as we speak. They're, currently in 10th so they're they're in that playing scenario i believe but i mean they they are they're i think what is this 19 and 26 so they're trying to make that push they lost their last four yeah they've lost the, they've lost their last four but i think vucevic they're trying to make a push into that playing scenario but oh, overall yeah, also long term Vucevic, I think, is a huge upgrade yeah. for for the Bulls. What do you think? Well, first of all, I think the Bulls got got a steal. You know, they they got they got a they got to get a good talent um, when his team was trying to, like you said, have a fire sale. Um, Vucevic moving forward, I think that Vucevic and Zach Levine are enough to get in the top eight in the East. That's you know you got two all stars out there. There's not a lot of teams in the NBA that got two all stars. So um, I'm definitely stoked to see that they they didn't have to give up much. Um, you know, Laurie Market and Wendell Carter Jr. You know, there's kind of just like you got to get rid of one of them. And I think that it's like trade bait. Yeah. And I think they made the right move. You know, I think getting rid of him. Was the was the smarter move? I think Laurie still has more potential than than Wendell, but regardless, I think they they've got a shot to make a push this year, and I think next year they're looking at with Coy uh, with Kobe White coming into his third year in the league, Vucevic getting his first off season with the team, Zach Levine's like an emerging star. I think next year they got they got to be looking like a like a playoff team. Yeah, I mean they got worst case. Worst case. Yeah, and I mean, listen, they got their two all-stars now in Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. They just, I think, honestly, just need a legit point guard. Hey, man, Kobe White could make the step. I think he's all right. He's an athletic, tall, Well, they were in, they were in talks about potentially trying to trade for Lonzo Ball. So, I mean, with his contract situation in New Orleans coming up this offseason, who, who knows that maybe they make a push at Lonzo? I I I'm gonna start praying every night that Lonzo and Zach Levine are in the same backcourt. <laughs> That'd that would be a be lot of fun. Amazing. It'd be amazing. 
That's a versatile, big, big physical combo. Yeah. But all right, let's let's move on to the next trade that the Magic uh, executed. Before this trade was executed, though, word started to get out that there were teams making pushes for Aaron Gordon. Boston was one of them. Denver was one of them. There were there were a couple others that that maybe took some flyers. Um, but ultimately, there were reports finally that Denver was the finalist for Aaron Gordon, and they were going to work out a deal. So, Boston and Orlando, I guess, while they were talking about Aaron Gordon, they also had talks about Nikola Vucevic before Vucevic ended up getting dealt to Chicago. So that leaves Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier then gets traded to Boston for two second-round picks. So Boston and Danny Ainge almost got Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic, but they couldn't. And then... Boston and Danny Ainge almost tried to get Aaron Gordon, but they couldn't. So they ended up with Evan Fournier. I didn't think that was a good move at all. I mean, Evan Fournier, yeah, he's averaging 20 points a game this year, but look at his situation in Orlando. He kind of had to score 20 points a game. So in his first two games with Boston, Evan Fournier had zero points and was 0 for 10 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3 in his first game in 33 minutes. And then tonight in his second game in a loss to the Dallas Mavericks, Evan Fournier had six points and was 0 for 2 from 3 in 31 minutes. And both of these games, he came off the bench. I got into a war, Tyler, with Celtics fans about how bad of a trade this was for Boston and how I just could not stop laughing at Danny Ainge. And Lakers Twitter has has donned Danny Ainge or given him the nickname Almost Ainge. So, I mean, this just – this <laughs> move puzzled me by the Celtics. It made no sense. And so far, I've been proven right. Two games in. I know it's only two games in in a small sample size, but, hey, when I'm right, I'm right. Okay. Well, first of all, it, it's not it's not a bad trade. What did they give up? Let's be real here. Let's look at this objectively. Yeah, they only gave up two second-round picks. Fine. Not the worst okay, thing in the so world. They got a, so it's, they, got a, they got a free player. It's a good move. It's a good move. It, it's not the right move. It's not they need they need a fucking center. Yeah, I mean it's not the that, that's why that's why like you know Aaron Gordon like that's not what you need either. Well, you they, know, needed, Vucevic, they needed you know, Vucevic. That, Vucevic. Vucevic would have been nice. It's like Aaron Gordon, and with this almost ain't shit, it's just like. I think I saw it on Twitter from the Duke of Sports. Say, oh, hey, that's me. Uh, Hey, uh, no move is better than a bad move. Yeah, this is a bad move, in my opinion. I would this have just is, not made a move. This is not a this this, this is not a bad they. But I what what I'm trying to say is, 
yes, they've like said that they were looking at these players. It's almost Ainge. They almost get all these players. But they've also never really made a bad move. You know what I mean? There's no – I don't think there's any sort of trade free agent signing where you're like, that was a bad move. Like, honestly, Kyrie might be the, the most, like, the Tyler, worst the, move they made. And Kyrie is a special basketball player. Tyler, the Celtics also traded Daniel Tice as basically a salary dump because they thought they were getting Andre Drummond and it came down to the Celtics and the Lakers and he came to the Lakers. What is Ainge doing? That's fine, man. Come on, man. He shouldn't man. have Let's, made a move. Our, 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 Okay, so we're hating on Ainge for, for mismanaging Daniel Tice. Like, come on. This is a fucking – this is a rotational player we're talking about here. Tyler, they, they, they need they centers. Tice, they got Fournier. They need centers. I, for sure, they we need were talking centers. About it. We were but talking about it before it. the show. Uh, Tristan Thompson's been they out eight centers. straight games. And, and that's – and Tristan Thompson has not been the guy. has not been the – addition I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be a good addition because they need shot blocking. They need, they need size in the paint. You know, that they need defensive rebounding. That's what they need. Um, so yeah, they didn't, they didn't get what they didn't get like the position and the skill set they needed, but they also didn't overexpend anyone. They didn't make any bad moves. I disagree. No, you're no, you're just going at them because they're the Celtics. Just I know, Tyler. I almost, legitimately they're, they're don't. Never, Tyler. I don't think this is a good move. There's plenty of times, like, do, okay, first, like all this almost Ainge stuff. Like, what do you expect them to trade Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? Like, it, if they would have made those him, moves, it could have got him Anthony Davis, and they would have had an NBA championship last season. That's what the Lakers come did. Come on. But the Lakers don't. The Lakers have LeBron. Like that—that that was never really. Yeah, you're going to trade Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for Ant, of course. Like, but they didn't have that. If offense. they traded Jason Tatum you know and Jalen Brown for AD, I think Kyrie is still a Celtic. You build I, around I those two. I, I still, I still don't think you, you've got. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are legitimate young talent. A hundred percent. Like not no doubt. The, like not trading, not trading those guys is not a bad move. It, it, I, it, I agree. If they could have got AD, would that have been good? Of course. But I don't think they had a shot at AD. AD was always going to LeBron. I don't give a shit if you got Kyrie or not. Well, I mean, it's, it's AD's, dad, AD's dad came out and said, look at the way they treated Isaiah Thomas. I don't want him going there. Yeah, of course. But that's just the way the Celtics treat their players. They're just not a. Nah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it, I'm not I'm not a Celtics fan by any means. And they did do Isaiah dirty because obviously he did a lot for them under a, a, a low contract gets hurt uh, at an unfortunate time. But. I, I think that the Danny Ainge, like, hate is just kind of an overblown situation. Like Tyler, the only reason they got they, Kevin course, Garnett like, is because Kevin their, McHale lobbed it to him, his old buddy, his old teammate. That doesn't matter. That That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Celtics now. But, that's the, it's like all but what has Danny Ainge done they're, since they're, then? They are in the hunt. Dude, he's, he's drafted well. And he hasn't made any bad moves. He hasn't, like, 
Tyler, what moves have gotten them a championship since 2008 and before that 1986? Hey, that's that's just just winning championships is not how you can value a franchise. They have been in the mix every single year, even when they weren't very good. They made their like best runs. It's it's the Celtics are year in year out contenders. They're they're always going to be in the top tier. Like when it comes to trades, free markets, they're going to be in the mix, but that doesn't mean they're going to almost get that player and and he's going to go somewhere else. It's better. It's better than giving up too much. Like you said, no, no move is better than a bad move. And this was a bad move. Evan Fournier to Boston was a bad move. Evan Fournier for two second rounders is a steal. It doesn't matter if that's the position you need or not which it wasn't the position they need, but that's a fucking steal. You can't see that as some bad move. That's not a backwards step. The guys played two games. Let's be real. They're <laughs> going to be in the playoffs. And not if they keep going under they 500. Jason well, you might be able to make the, you might, you might be able to make the playoffs in the East under 500. There are two games you under know, 500 right now, Tyler. I know, but they're in the eighth spot. They're, they're dancing. Yeah, they're in the play. They're in the playing scenario. That's if if you want to call that dancing. They're in a top eight seed. That's legitimate playoff seed. That's how it's always been. Well, no, times and, are changing, and, Tyler. We got to go by the playing now. Let's see if they actually well, make it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, eighth place is different from a nine ten seed coming in. That's a playing team. They'll have Seven home court for the playing game. Whoop de do. Seven and eight seeds are playoff playoff teams they always happen right. i mean you better watch out all right you might be needing to, to play yourself in yourself we'll see we'll see i mean i think i think the lakers are gonna be able to manage just fine until till lebron and ad get back but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit we we still got one more orlando magic trade to to talk about if you can even remember that we're talking about uh the orlando magic back at home so, uh, all right, Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to Denver for Gary Harris and rookie guard R.J. Hampton and a protected 2025 first-round pick are headed to Orlando. So this move, I think, is a very interesting one for Denver. I think, obviously, it's another addition to that front court. I think they're trying to definitely load up in that area or in that position, obviously, because they saw what happened to them in the playoffs last season against the Lakers. And obviously with the Lakers uh, at the time uh, before the trade deadline, uh, obviously there was the rumors of them being in the running for Andre Drummond once he got bought out. And that obviously has come to fruition. So, I mean, what do you think of Aaron Gordon to, to Denver, Tyler? I think that's a scary pickup. Yeah, I agree. That's a, like, that's a talented, that's a talented dude right there. And, and Denver is so versatile with, with their size that he can play with anybody, you know, and he's a pretty versatile person himself. So it's like Jokic, it it plays the perimeter. He plays the passing lanes and that's perfect for Aaron Gordon because he's going to be able to slash and get to the ring and cut for lobs and all that kind of stuff. Because the paint's going to be wild, wide open. Exactly. And I think it was huge for Denver 
to be able to get this trade done without having to give up Michael Porter Jr.? Or really, I mean, I, I feel like they got more talent than what they gave up. You know, Gary Harris, yeah. you know, sure, sure. He's a, he's a good basketball player. He can play. They are going to miss um, his a, defense, though. That's for sure. He's he he is a good, solid perimeter defender. So that they are going to miss that. I don't I don't think Aaron Gordon is is think, as committed to defense think, as he is offense. But he brings more to the table. Yeah, he definitely brings as, more versatility for sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean they're they're a tough guard all over the place. Yeah, no, I mean listen, Aaron Gordon is one of those guys that has that prototypical body type that we talked about that long and tall athletic build to where you can guard almost any position on the court. Um, he, he's got that. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I'm on the West, I don't like that move. That's for sure. I think that, that makes a good team better. Yeah. All right. Let's go out East now um, before we, we come back West big move out of Houston, obviously, they are in their own – I don't even know how to I, – I mean, clusterfuck is a good way to describe it. Um, Houston's going through a lot. Uh, but they ended up trading Victor Oladipo to Miami for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a 2022 first-round pick swap. Um, Oladipo's time in Houston is short-lived. He's going to get the chance to – be on a contender now in Miami and he's back in the Eastern conference. So that's obviously a much easier playoff picture. Uh, if you think about it long-term wise uh, in the Eastern conference versus the Western conference. Um, I think this is a great move, obviously for Miami getting another solid NBA star. Like I think he's, I think Oladipo's a, a legit star when he's 100% healthy. And, I mean, pairing him up with Jimmy Buckets and those guys down in, in South Beach, that's that's a scary squad now. That that puts him right back, I think, in the Eastern Conference Finals picture, if not the, the NBA Finals picture. Yeah, they're, you know, for sure Oladipo was a big come-up skill-wise for those guys. Uh, as far as a trade, but it's, I mean, again, it's kind of the, it's the same talent they already have though. You know what I mean? Like, obviously he's better, but you have Hero, you have Duncan Robinson, you have Jimmy, you have Dragic. Like these are all perimeter players. It, it's just like, I mean, outside of small ball, their, their lineup is, is kind of sus. They don't have any depth after Bam on the front line. They just lost Olenek. They just lost Myers Leonard. So, I mean, you got guys like Duncan Robinson and Jimmy Butler playing all on a four all of a sudden. That's not ideal. It's not ideal. So, I think that Oladipo is obviously, I think, like, I agree with you. He's a star talent. But I don't know if it's the right talent for Miami. I don't know if I see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know. I mean, we'll just we'll have to wait and see on that one, I guess. All right. The the next one we got is Norman Powell getting traded to the Portland Trailblazers from the Toronto Raptors in exchange for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Um, Norman Powell 
is one of those guys I think that can really be a spark off the bench. I mean, we saw what he did uh, a couple of nights ago without Dame in the lineup for for Portland in in one of his first games for the Trailblazers. He put up uh, I think it was like twenty two or twenty five points. That's a great pickup for Portland. I think with Dame and CJ and Nurkic uh, adding Norman Powell, I think that's that puts them almost over the top. Almost, I think that's that's a winning move for for the Portland Trailblazers right there. Yeah, I mean, anytime Dame and CJ get any sort of help, it's kind of a scary move. Yeah. This is a really good move. Norman Powell is is a really good piece for them. Uh, he can do a lot of different things. He's got championship experience. He's a veteran. Uh, he's definitely going to be able to help them out. And Portland is just that kind of team where you don't want to play them because Dave can win a game by himself. And and they and they've got a lot. You know, CJ is a legitimate number two. You know, they got Carmelo. They got Norman Powell. Now they got Nurkic. They've got talent. So. Um, really good move by by Portland. They're they're definitely you know they're going to be outside of that playing game spot. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely going to be sixth or or higher for sure in, in the Western Conference. Um, yeah, no, like you said, I mean Dame can win a game by himself, and when that team is out there together and healthy, that Portland can play with the best of them. And I mean, I know everybody was joking about it in in the bubble with them playing the the Lakers in in the first round and I mean there were there were a lot of people that took took them serious as well as as a legitimate threat to upset the Lakers in the first round and I mean hey if in oh any other circumstance I think if there was home court advantage I think that that series might have been longer than than five games yeah man I mean Portland is just it's just not a team you want to match up with because they're they're a tough out. Yeah. All right. the The next trade we got is Rajon Rondo coming back to Los Angeles, except he's going across the hall to the Los Angeles Clippers. He was traded for none other than Lemon Pepper Lou, Lou Williams. So Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they are receiving Lou Williams in exchange for Rajon Rondo. This trade was executed the day after Lou Williams scored his 15,000th point. So, uh, once again, the Clippers doing a player dirty after a a career milestone or or a buzzer beater or a big game. Uh, I remember Tobias got – Tobias Harris got traded the day after a buzzer beater. Blake Griffin got traded the day after a big game. Um, So, I mean, hey, just the Clippers and that's – that's all I got. It's 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 the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, for real though, um, this trade it's it's interesting. Obviously, Lou Will's going home. Uh, I think for sure his first stop once he got to Atlanta was 100% Magic City. I don't have uh, any real confirmation on that, but that's got to be my guess. Um, but Rajon Rondo coming to the Clippers, they got to be hoping for for playoff Rondo. He was not, I think, anything what the Atlanta Hawks were expecting him to be. He missed a lot of time this year, if I'm not mistaken. He's only played in 27 games 
this year, and he has yet to make his uh, debut for the Clippers. So, I mean, they got to hope playoff Rondo shows up because we know damn well he's not going to care about the rest of this regular season. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of that's what you get from Rondo. You, you're either going to – if you're not in the playoffs, he's just a mentor. You know, I'm sure that he helped out Trey Young while he was there, even though he wasn't on the court. But, yeah, for sure. Uh, for for the Clippers to get him, I think it's a good move. It's a sideways move for them because obviously Lou Will is Lou Will. He's a, he's a great player. It's just not, you know, they need Rondo's position more. And to get Lou Will back home, I think it was one of those rare trades that's just awesome for both teams. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like you said, it is kind of a sideways move. I just think if I was in the Clippers front office, I, I would have tried to get a, a younger point guard. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I, I probably would have tried to make a serious move. Well, you're move trying to win with Kawhi. You right. Know, you, you got a couple of years here. It's well, but like, I'm also trying to keep Kawhi. Kawhi's can... got a, a player option after this year, Tyler. I, I'd be trying That's to keep saying, Kawhi. I would have tried to make exactly. a serious move at Lonzo as as much as I hate to say it. I would have hated to see him him, him as a Clipper. Yeah, but, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give up too much. You know, it's like if you're gonna try to win today, you just gotta make the little moves to make your team better, no matter what, and don't give up too much. Yeah, there you are with not giving up too much again, Tyler. Hey, it's hey man, it, it goes bad when you do. Look at Houston. Yeah. I mean, God, they gave. They turned James Harden into Olenek and Avery Bradley. Yeah, they gave up so much. And I mean, Avery Bradley might get bought out. I know he played tonight against the Nets, and him and James Harden kind yeah, of got I'm into sure. it. I mean, they're not taking any of those games serious. Yeah. But I mean, hey, we'll see if playoff Rondo shows up when when the lights turn on uh, for the playoffs. All right, last thing. Last thing as far as the trade deadline before we get to one buyout signing, and it's obvious it's it's the obvious one. Um, but after getting two second round picks in a deal with the New York Knicks, the Oklahoma City Thunder now have a projected thirty four picks over the next seven drafts. So they have seventeen each in the first and second round. That's just crazy for the amount of draft picks that one team has over the next seven years, Tyler. Yeah, to have more than two a year, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. All right. The the one buyout signing that I wanted to talk about that isn't Laker related, obviously, because we'll get to the Lake Show lowdown in 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 a few minutes here. Uh, the Nets they signed Lamarcus Aldridge after he agreed to a buyout with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I don't really understand this move i don't think lamarcus really brings anything to the table for what brooklyn needs i don't think he provides much defense anymore uh, and that's really what i think this brooklyn nets team is missing um so it's it's going to be interesting to see how he integrates into this brooklyn nets team they they have currently won five in a row since acquiring blake griffin uh, and or at least since Blake Griffin has made his debut, um, so it's um, or excuse me, I'm getting that wrong. He they've won the five games he's appeared in, 
because uh, he sat out a couple of back-to-backs uh, that they've had since acquiring him. But he reached double digits uh, for the second time tonight. He had 11 points. And, uh, and then he also had 17 in his revenge game against Detroit last Friday. Uh, Tyler, what do you think of LaMarcus Aldridge to Brooklyn? Because ultimately, I think that the the Nets, they're going to be looking like the Lakers in 2003-2004 with Gary Payton and Carl Malone, where they have all this talent or talent on paper and name name association but they're just they're not going to be able to get it done i just lamarcus aldridge and blake griffin to me i think they're they're shells of their old selves yeah but that doesn't make them not effective or or not good moves or not make them a better basketball team i mean what are they paying lamarcus a better minimum yeah no i mean they're getting them for cheap that that's fine yeah so it's like fuck it why not like why would you not he doesn't make them worse I mean, how do you – we don't know that. If he's not playing any defense and they keep giving up a whole – Okay, you you keep bringing up defense when we talk about the net. Defense wins championships, Tyler. Okay, people uh, – the the Warriors won on offense. Kevin yes, Durant averaged defense. two blocks a game when he was with the Warriors. Good. Clay well, Thompson is one of the best two-way the players net. in the league. That, that that's fine. We they got Kevin Durant. They got Kyrie. Kyrie's going to be competitive on defense. He's not a liability. Kevin Durant's a good defender. Blake Griffin's going to be able to guard big. It's, it's, it's Blake Griffin will not be able to keep anyway, up with a healthy Anthony Davis. You can mark my words on that. Write it down. That's but that's that's probably not who he's going to guard. But I mean, even if he does, he's better than he's not going to be able to stop. Options. He's not going to be able to stop Andre Drummond. You're not going to be able no. to stop LeBron. I mean, Andre Drummond's. Hey, that that's fine. It, it's it's the other end of the floor that matters for the Nets. If they're going to win, it's because they're going to be scoring 130 plus a night. I mean, this team is arguably the best offensive team ever. And, and you know, Lamarcus Aldridge is going to have no pressure. He's going to come in and fucking shoot mid-range jumpers and and guard centers. It's it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy for Lamarcus and Blake. They're not going to be. They're not going to be demand any sort of attention. I don't know. And let's just, not. And let's I'm not, not sold forget. On, I'm nobody, not sold on Brooklyn, man. And let's let's not forget that there's no backcourt in the league that can hold the jock straps of Kyrie and Harden. Hey, those two suit up. I mean, forget it. There's no. There's no way you can say. There's any backcourt that's better than that. They can compete with that. That's barbecue chicken, as as Shaq would say. <laughs> Anybody. Listen, I got the Lakers have been able to maintain the best defense in the league without Anthony Davis and LeBron James this whole time. I Well, we're gonna see if if defense if offense can be defense. We're gonna see. Brooklyn, it's going to be good. Brooklyn's got to make it there first. So The Lakers also are the defending the champs. The, I mean, the they, Lakers are the defending they, champs until they, they're not. So they, they still have to make it there. They will. I mean, if the Nets still have to make it there, the Nets do. And the Nets are trouble for everybody. That is a lot of firepower. 
it's a lot of firepower, but I think I think the Lakers have the weapons to to tame them. So and also threes threes beat twos. I mean that's just math. That that is that is math. That that is math. And so so I mean yes, there's front there's front courts that have advantages on, but I feel like if if a team's gonna beat them with twos, that's a tough that's that's a tough tough win. It, we're just gonna have to wait and see, man. I I'm very I'm so I'm ready be for good. the playoffs. This I'm. I picked I picked Brooklyn in the finals before they even had Harden. I know. I remember. You know, I remember. I I think this team is it's over, man. I think they got it. It. I think they're too good. I don't. I don't. I don't know if anybody can stop them healthy or not. Well, the team that I think is going to stop them if they make it to the finals is obviously the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers. And, and that brings us to the Lake Show lowdown. Um, we we kind of already mentioned it uh, in in our back and forth here talking about Lamarcus Aldridge and the Nets. Um, but Andre Drummond officially signed with the Los Angeles Lakers after agreeing to a buyout with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He made his debut tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that game is currently at halftime. Uh, the Bucks are up 57 to 49. Andre Drummond has four points, one rebound, and two assists. He is two of six from the field. So a bit of a sluggish start for Andre Drummond's career as a Los Angeles Laker. But aside from that, uh, let's talk big picture. I. Ultimately, I'm very excited for this addition to the Lakers for many reasons. Um, Andre Drummond, he's never been in a situation like the one that he's coming to with the Lakers. The best point guard he's played with is probably Reggie Jackson or Brandon Jennings, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not sure if Brandon Jennings and Andre Drummond overlapped at all uh, in Detroit. I can't remember. Um, But either way, Drummond said that he lost 10 to 15 pounds since being benched by Cleveland while his contract situation got worked out. So he he's motivated, I think, to prove a lot of doubters uh, wrong out there that um, that that have been very vocal about um, Andre Drummond uh, after his turbulent stop in after his turbulent stop in Cleveland. Um, Andre Drummond, in my in my opinion, at least, he's arguably the the best rebounder in the world right now. Uh, but clearly there are some concerns with his finishing percentages around the rim. But I think especially once Anthony Davis and LeBron James get back, that playing with that caliber of players around him will will only elevate Drummond's play. And I think Frank Vogel will be able to get more out of him on the defensive end as well than most people are predicting. I mean – Frank Vogel turned Roy Hibbert into a defensive player of the year candidate back in Indiana. So, I mean, if he can get that out of Roy Hibbert, I think he can get a little something out of Andre Drummond. Um, but let's let's not forget Andre Drummond last season was third in steals, first in rebounds, and eighth in blocks. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's really impressive to be third in steals in the NBA as a center. Uh, and obviously, like I said, I think he's the best rebounder in the world right now. Um, 
he's also reunited with former Pistons teammates Contavious Caldwell Pope and Markeith Morris, so that he definitely has some chemistry already with with some of the guys on the Lakers. And obviously KCP and Markeith were two guys that were key down the stretch last year in the title run, and I think they're going to have uh, very important roles down the stretch and in in this upcoming playoff and championship run. So, I mean. The main thing with me with this Drummond signing, obviously, it's the center rotation getting shifted around a bit. Drummond is now the starting center. He he started tonight against Milwaukee in his first game for the Lakers. Uh, I think that he's even going to start at the five once Anthony Davis is, uh, gets back. But that means Marcus Gasol moves to the bench, and Montrez Harrell doesn't have to play as much five now, especially once Anthony Davis gets back as well. But a lot of Lakers fans, I think, are concerned about what Marcus Gasol getting moved to the second unit means. Uh, whether long-term, I think, with his future with the Lakers, there were reports of a potential buyout, maybe. Uh, I don't think that's likely at all. I think Gasol is way too important to this Lakers team. Um, I think Gasol with the second unit is a huge plus, in my opinion, uh, because you can still use him in spots with the starters, especially for defense uh, on a guy like Jokic, potentially in the playoffs. I know, Tyler, you've mentioned that that's exactly why the Lakers got Marcus All was for defense against Jokic, among many other things. Uh, but you can also run an offense through Marcus Gasol with his IQ and playmaking ability, even as a big man. And we saw that in his first two games back from COVID-19. So when Anthony Davis comes back, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to that rotation at center. But... I mean, Marcus Gasol getting moved to the second unit, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And I'm very excited to see Andre Drummond in a Laker uniform and see what he can add to this team and, and really um, really showcase what he's got, especially in this time without Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James. So, Tyler, what, what do you think this signing does for the Lakers, in, in your opinion, as they, they compete in this arms race against against the Brooklyn Nets? Well, I mean, it definitely makes them a better basketball team. Dresses all the needs. He's a perfect fit. Um, they definitely got better with Andre Drummond. Drummond's a very, very talented basketball player, an elite rebounder, elite rim protector. Um, he, But you didn't pick him up for his offense. So let's just put it that way. You know, you get 12 to 15 points from him, I feel like that's that's all right. He, he's going to be an anchor in the paint. Um, it does it does kind of suck. You know, it makes it tight for Montrez because Montrez can't really play with Drummond because they, they, they both kind of take up the paint. Um, and Montrez is really good when he's rolling to the basket. So, But Montrez definitely can play with Gasol. Gasol is the one I see on the outside looking in as far as rotation. I mean, I think you're going to be lucky if you get a you know, 12 minutes out of Gasol. I think you can still use him, though, like I was saying, in spots you for can. sure. He's a good – he's a luxury at this point. I mean, yeah. if uh, if, Drum, if Drummond gets two fouls early, Gasol's a good, like, just bam, you know? Yeah, I and, think – And you could play – you could not play him very much the night before or the last two games, and then you want to play him a lot the next game, he's going to be ready to go because he's a pro. So he's a luxury to have. 
I just don't – I think he's on the outside looking in as far as the rotation goes playing center. Yeah, and I I mean, like you said, with it being a luxury to have, I mean, they were keeping him on a minutes restriction anyways because he was coming back from COVID-19, and it, it did come out that he was positive. He did confirm that in a media session uh, when he did make his return. Uh, so he is obviously dealing with the after effects of that, so they, they are taking a pretty precautious – uh, look at, at Gasol as as he's coming back and, and ramping back up into shape. So getting moved to the bench, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for Gasol. Um, as far as playing Montrezl Harrell and Andre Drummond at the same time, I agree. I don't think that would be ideal for the Lakers. I think if it does happen, um, I think it allows Montrezl Harrell to uh, showcase that mid-range game that he's been doing so far with the Lakers that I don't think many people really knew he had when he was with the Clippers because that offense didn't really allow him to play like that. And I mean, well, they're going to get, I mean, with LeBron and AD they're if, if Montrez wants to take the mid range shots, those are going to be there. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. And I mean, those are he, easy looks for them, but I don't think that that's his strength. By no, any. it's not his strength by any means, but I think it's, it's a, a very welcome surprise addition to his game that I don't think many Lakers fans knew that he had. So that, that was just one thing I think because Andre Drummond does clog up the paint so much, whether it's on offense or defense, um, Montrezl Harrell would have to extend out further on the perimeter. If they were out on the court together was, was all I was trying to say. But um, once LeBron and AD get back, I don't think, there's really going to be a need to play Drummond and Harrell at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be a very rare combo. Yeah. But what, what else are, what else is, is on your mind about the Lakers? I mean, I don't even really want to talk about Dennis Schroeder turning down uh, a four year, $84 million extension. Cause I mean, I don't really think that's big news at all. Clearly his name got brought up in the Kyle Lowry trade talks at the deadline, but nothing happened. So Schroeder's here for the moment. He's here to win a championship. And when the summer comes, we'll deal with contract talks then. Um, but I mean, he said that uh, he wants to be a Laker. He just wants his contract extension to be fair. He he's uh, he's gone on record saying he's going to be looking at other options in free agency, but that's what you are supposed to do as a free agent and in professional sports as a free agent, you don't get that opportunity uh, very many times in your career. So it's, it's always nice to feel wanted. So me personally, I can't blame Dennis for, for wanting to ex explore the market, but ultimately he did say he wants to be a Laker and if they can make it work out great. Um, but we'll, I just think we need to deal with that over the summer. Yeah. I mean, also, from his standpoint, I just think he's looking for, like, one- or two-year extension. He's only wants to play here with, with Braun. You know, so it's like four years. Well, I don't think it's just Braun. Yeah. I mean, him pairing him and Anthony Davis together long-term, that, that's a great I, – I think that that's a think great that optimistic future for the Lakers. The money – the money, yeah, for the Lakers. But, you know, I'm sure the money was – was fine it's the four years that was the issue well i mean the lakers were just yeah, offering just, him the max that they could offer him at the time yeah yeah but but i think you know 
he's he's probably just not looking for that that time commitment. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I wouldn't be opposed if over the summer they instead of because I mean that four years eighty four that's one year twenty one million dollars a year, so I wouldn't be opposed if they were like let's say the Lakers do end up winning a championship, he plays that key role that that lead point guard playmaking point guard and plays great defense and all that like he's been playing all year i wouldn't be opposed if they offered him maybe like a two-year uh 50 million dollars up that annual uh average value for the year type thing like maybe that maybe that's yeah exactly i i think that's what he's looking for right there okay well i mean i said i didn't want to talk about it but we just did so um yeah, the Lakers. The Lakers are gonna. They're gonna make the playoffs. It, it, it yeah, might everyone not be was the all doom and gloom, want. but it's like I'm. I'm hey, really it not was, tripping. because it was a it, it was a legit concern. I mean, they cannot afford to go on a big losing streak right now. Well, I think the biggest concern was those games against the Magic and the Cavs right after their but first two are, losses. Those are games you should win. Right. You know? They needed to win those games, especially without LeBron and AD, because if they, those two, if they lost those two games, I think those two games would have come back to haunt them at the end of the season kind of thing. No, it, it looks like they're going to be okay. Um, the eighth seed really isn't that close. They would have to really have a big, a big setback this next 10 games. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the standings right now. They're thirty and seventeen. You you, you don't want to go, you know, two of eight the next ten. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what that, that's what you want to avoid. Which I think that they're going to be all right. Well, they're they're playing the Bucks right now, and they're only down eight at at halftime. Um, but after that, they got Sacramento, then the Clippers, then Toronto, then Miami, then Brooklyn then New York and Charlotte, and that's all on the road. I mean, obviously, Sacramento to L.A. to play the Clippers, that, that Clippers game isn't technically a Lakers home game, but it's in L.A. Um, but then they go to Toronto, Miami, Brooklyn, New York, and Charlotte all on the road, then Boston, then Utah back-to-back, um, and that brings you to about April 22nd where they got to play Dallas back-to-back. So, I mean, they definitely got their work cut out for them uh, in the second half of the season, when when the second half schedule came out, uh, it was very well known that the Lakers had probably the most difficult second half schedule compared to any other team in, in the league. So they got their work cut out for them until LeBron and AD get back. But hey, I, I think they can they can hold on and, and stay afloat. What's new, right? <laughs> hey, and listen, Tyler, I just I just got to point out. I've never not seen the Lakers repeat as champions in my lifetime. So I'm I'm chilling. I'm I'm cooling until till the playoffs start. Anything possible. Okay, Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's hit the gridiron. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we left them on the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams. 
Before we get into the NFL two-minute drill, we just got to talk about Malcolm Butler signing with the Arizona Cardinals real quick because when I got this news, I immediately texted Tyler, and Tyler was like, the, the Cardinals front office must have been listening to episode 187 of the Sports Kingdom show because we had yeah, talked about they did. They did. we had talked about uh, the NFC West and we were going through some hometown headlines and um, I don't even remember we somehow it obviously got brought up that the NFC West is the best uh, division in well, football. Well, no, Patrick Peterson. Well, how did we get on the Cardinals though? We were just updating the moves, uh, you know what I mean? And they oh, had right, right, right. AJ, AJ Green. Oh, that's right. We were talking you about know, AJ we talking Green. About- that's right. That's right. It was in the two-minute drill. We were talking about yeah. AJ Green going to Arizona and how it's just another name getting added to the AFC West. And Tyler said, yeah, but Arizona lost Patrick Peterson. But now they just added yeah. Malcolm Butler. So here we are. Who is, is the worst DB of all time? But I can't believe that he's in our division. It's just, as a Seahawks fan, it's your worst nightmare. He's going to haunt you twice a week now. Or twice or, a year, excuse me, twice a year. Yeah. yeah, twice a week. That would be tough. Yeah. But all right. Um, yeah, I definitely feel responsible for that. Yeah, no, they – I mean, the, the, the Cardinals, they were 100% listening to us last week. And they were just like, you know what? We got to get another big name. And you know what? Malcolm Butler is available. The best. (laughs) All right. Let's let's get into the NFL two-minute drill. Uh, We got three three topics from the NFL for you that are basically the major headlines from the last week or so. Uh, First off, Tyler, we got the draft pick swaps. There's a a huge shakeup. At the top of the draft order, the Dolphins, they traded the number three pick to San Francisco for the number 12 pick, a first and a third round pick in 2022, and a first round pick in 2023. Then Miami flipped the number 12 pick, the number 123, and their 2022 first round pick to the Eagles in exchange for the number six pick and the one number 156 in this year's draft. So to break it down for you, San Francisco now has the number three overall pick. The Dolphins now have the number six overall pick in addition to the number 18 overall pick, which they already had. And then Philadelphia now has the number 12 overall pick. My main thing with this though, Tyler, and I'll I'll let you know when I start the clock, San Francisco trading for the number three overall pick, yet they're saying they're not going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't believe them for a second. So I'm going to start the clock now. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think that you would trade for the third pick and not take a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick had to be on the phone the second that pick went through, and it's like, all right, San Francisco has the number three overall pick. And give me Jimmy but, I mean, Bill, but Bill Belichick is already committed to Cam Newton. Is you he, know, though? I don't think there's... Is he, though? 
I, I don't Jim, know. If, I don't know if you're making a drastic move to get Jimmy Garoppolo, or San Francisco is going to roll with Garoppolo, and they just feel very confident with probably a wide receiver. I don't know. I feel like there's crazy. been rumors Which all crazy, off. I, but, I, I feel like there's been rumors all off season that Jimmy G is somehow headed yeah. back to the Patriots, and I mean, look, they've already gotten it could happen, so many people sure. back this off season that. That were once Patriots and now they're back. So I what's I wouldn't put it past me, them. What's crazy to me is that there could be four quarterbacks taken really early. Very early. And it's like, you know, I, I think that, you know, obviously Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. But after that, it's like Jets have Darnold. So are they going to go? I think, that, you know, I would think that these top three teams go quarterback, but. The Jets could easily not go quarterback. The Niners could easily not go quarterback. The Falcons don't need a quarterback. The Bengals just got Burrow. Miami's got Tua. So you could you could logistically see, and I mean Detroit just traded for Goff. So you could logistically see the second quarterback taken at the eighth pick, or you could see three or four go in the top five. It's a really interesting. Uh, draft to me because all of these top five teams or top four teams, Falcons, Niners, Jets, um, those three teams specifically have quarterbacks and they could go quarterback. Yeah. Well, I mean, this shakeup was, was quite the surprise uh, when these trades were announced. So I can only imagine what's going to happen think, on draft day. Yeah. The interesting team at all of this is Philadelphia because, they don't. I mean, they got Jalen Hurts, so they're obviously either confident in Jalen Hurts or they're confident in getting maybe a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones at the 12th pick. Or maybe Justin Fields slips to them because, I mean, he's been apparently slipping down everybody's draft boards. I don't think that's possible, but you never know. We'll see. All right, next one we got. The NFL regular season is expanding from 16 games to 17 games. This is the first change to the regular season schedule since 1978. And boy, Tyler, let me tell you, I know there are players that are not happy about this, but I'm going to start the clock now. And what do you think this means for the NFL? And I mean, are we going to see better football because of more games or, or what, what's going to be the dynamic here now that, that we have 17 games? Well, now you could see clock man, or now you could see you know what you're seeing in the NBA with with load management. So that's now a possibility. Uh, another thing that's coming from this is going to be it's going to be a lot harder for players, unknown players, to make football teams. So I think yeah, you're they're shortening the pre. They're shortening the preseason. They're they're going down to yeah, three only games now. One or one game, excuse one game. me. Yeah, they're they're going from three to one. That's what it was. So veterans are going to get veterans are going to be more likely to get re-signed or signed as a free agent because of that kind of stuff. Um, and I think you got a you got just a, a much larger risk of, of injury. I think this is a bad move. This is this is a greedy move. This is a money move. No, hundred percent a money move. It's not thinking about it's not thinking about the player's safety. It's not thinking about uh, the the competition level of the game. 16 games is already, you know, more than any other level. 
you know, college football, if you play, if you play like two playoff games, you're looking at 14. Well, and the it's conference like, championship has a, you know, 14 maximum 15 high school is 10 to 10 to 14. It's just like, they're already played a huge schedule. Well, it, and for it's playoffs, just, it's it like now, sense. now teams are going to be like, what if a team goes nine and eight? Like, is that the same as going eight and eight or uh, nine and seven? Or like, what, what does that do with, with the, the standings wise, like that's going to be an interesting dynamic now to see what teams do towards well, the end of the season, as far as their records and playoff placements and all of that. Well, that's what that, I, you know, every team's playing the same amount of, same amount of games. So I feel like that kind of stuff, it's not going to necessarily change the landscape of standing because every, the good teams are still going to be play better over their schedule. Um, but I just think, I just think it's a bad move in general. Yeah. Well, and especially not adding a an eighteenth week and a Nobody second bye. That's 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 a bit. No one wants to see inju- more injuries. Nobody wants to see load management, and that's what you're in danger of. Yeah. All right, last one for you, Tyler. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the first Super Bowl team since 1979 to return all 22 starters. No one has repeated since the 0405 Patriots when they beat the Panthers and then the Eagles uh Lombardi Lenny Leonard Fournette was the final piece to the puzzle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are they going to be the first team to repeat since the 0405 Patriots that simple as that Tyler football uh, you know I think so unfortunately I got to say they're the favorites right now well, just like Kansas City was the favorites last year, but I mean they they got to the Super Bowl uh, last year, but they unreal. couldn't get it done. Unreal! They didn't even score a touchdown. They I mean, scored unreal. nine points. Nine points, Tyler. They scored. You got to imagine. You got to imagine that Tampa Bay, like someone's got them figured out after watching them this year. And I know, I know, everybody in Tampa Bay was saying if we just had a few more weeks, we were just starting to get going. That. That I, mean. I believe that. Oh, I, I, I for mean, sure believe. I think that. that's the truth. I think every single week they were they were evolving because there were so, everybody is so new. So the fact that this team is all coming back is is scary. It's they're, very scary. They're definitely put. They're definitely poised to repeat. Yeah, I mean, when I found out that they were the first team to do to repeat or not repeat to bring back all twenty two starters since nineteen seventy nine, I was like, damn. Because I, I I honestly thought that was a bit more common, given the way teams structure players' contracts to kind of all end at the same time, where they they kind of have it all structured that way. I I was kind of surprised that this they were the first team to return all twenty two starters. Yeah, I mean, typically you're going to lose some players because everybody on a Super Bowl team is kind of under the spotlight. But everybody took so, pay cuts. You know, here, every, I'm pretty everybody's sure. at Exactly. Everybody was at max value, but everybody wants to play with Brady. Yeah. Well, we got 15 seconds left, so we got in under two minutes on that one. So we'll we'll call that a touchdown in our in our book. It's a yeah. It's a, that's an easy one. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got any hometown headlines? I, I don't got anything for the Rams, but what, what's going on with the Seahawks? Yeah, I mean we we got to uh, we got to re-sign Tyler Lockett. Okay. Uh, All right. For a big contract, 
Yeah, big a big four year extension, seventy mil, sixty nine point two million. Um, he's twenty eight years old, so this locks him through his prime. Um, he's been a very efficient, and with the emergence of DK Metcalf still uh, being, you know, arguably a top five receiver in the league, top ten guy at least. Um, you know, Tyler Lockett's job got a lot easier, and they got DK under under a rookie contract still. So. Um, Lockett just kind of solidifies this offense, their dynamic, big, big playmaking. I mean, Tyler's a, he's a great player to watch. So um, I'm definitely stoked to the Seahawks made it happen. I feel like the Seahawks do a good job at signing the players they need to sign. Any, any word on the Russell front? All, all is well with him. He's still a Seahawk. All of a sudden we don't hear anything about it, right? Hey, I mean, I saw a video with him saying go Hawks at the end. So. It's easy, man. And and I think, you know, more so than last episode, Antonio Brown's an actual possibility. Yeah, I mean, he's still, I think, weighing his options between either Seattle and Tampa Bay and maybe maybe a couple other teams. Uh, I'm not really sure, but I think obviously I think it's going to come down to either Seattle or Tampa Bay. Yep, so – we're ready to go. I think we got a competitive football team to throw on the field. And, and like I said, from the jump, um, I think Russell's staying. All right. Yeah, you got any shout-outs before we get out of here? Nah, man. I think we covered it at the top, honestly. You know, Gonzaga going un- undefeated. Looking at it, at, you know, they're in a Final Four matchup now. And uh, Nipsey Hustle, man. Long live Nip on it on the on two years since his since his passing since his murder. Yeah, well, uh, for me, welcome to Los Angeles, Andre Drummond. Good luck to the UCLA Bruins in the Final Four, and also Tyler. Tomorrow, April first, April Fool's Day. This isn't an April Fool's joke. The World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers have their opening day tomorrow in Colorado. They face the Rockies to kick off their World Series defense. So uh, it's, Dodger season is here. Um, we're we're going to have a lot to talk about this year, I have a feeling, once again with the Dodgers. Uh, and then obviously, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle as well. I, I, I can't believe it's been two years. But like Tyler said, long live Nipsey Hussle the Great. Long live Neighborhood Nip. Uh, the marathon continues. TMC. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. For Tyler Pacholke, I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.